ladies and gentlemen. It is my honor to present to you your hosts for the Married with Board Games podcast, Spencer and Laura Williams. Hey everyone, I'm Spencer. And I'm Laura. And this is the Married with Board Games podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for listening. We have quite a fun story to tell you all. Um, something. Ab- that, let's just let Spencer do it. Okay, sure. Why not? It's all in your hands there. Yeah. Um, so I'm in charge of recording the podcast, and I messed up, apparently. And so we had actually recorded, gone through the whole process of recording this episode, and then when I went to edit it, I realized the first about 15 minutes were just gone, which included our introduction, uh, two games we were talking about, and half of another one. So we don't have time right now to go back and do those games again, so we're just going to introduce this to you, tell you what happened, which is what we've just done, and then uh, do that the beginning part of that one game we were talking about. And then we'll talk about those other games that we skipped in our next episode. Um, But what we were going right into uh, was the Harry Potter deck builder called Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, one thing before we get into what you do with it, how you play, um, it's a really good introduction to deck building. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? it's, It's very basic. Um, and it's a cooperative deck builder, which mm-hmm. is helpful to those learning yes. that style. Yeah, very helpful. And um, it and for you being a sort of a newbie to deck building, it right. helped reinforce a lot of those it did. mechanisms. It did, yes. And um, so now it, it, I feel more comfortable right. with it. And it, it really struck a nerve with us because... Laura is a really big Harry Potter fan. I am. <laughs> and I am to an extent, but not as much as she is. But <laughs> but that really helps with the theme and everything. So we, we were really interested in the Harry Potter deck builder. Yeah, that's what builder. drew me was the theme. And then Spencer said this would be great to help reinforce deck building for right. you. And he was right. So you play as Harry, Ron, Hermione, or Neville. And we don't want to give too much away because what happens is you start out with game one. Which is the first book, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. All all the way up through game seven. And each game is the book and Mm -hmm. that is is the new book. Or movie, I guess, if you want to do it that way too. Ish. Ish. Because there's only seven games. Right. But there were more films because they doubled up. Part one and part two. Yeah. Um but it follows along with that. Like the char- new characters that were introduced in that book are mm-hmm. introduced in that game. Right. Locations. Um, even as um, our students are going through Hogwarts, they're learning new spells. Mm-hmm. And so those new spells become available to you right. in the new games. So essentially what you're doing is you have a, the goal of there are certain amount of locations in play in each game. And there are a certain amount of villains in play each game. And you don't want the villains to take control of those locations. And they do that by either their special ability or what is called dark arts cards. will add these little tokens to those locations. Mm -hmm. And if those locations ever get filled up with those tokens, you lose control of them. Mm -hmm. And if you ever lose control of all the locations, you lose lose the game. game. Right. But how do you win? By defeating all of the villains. Right. And so you're doing that by building your deck. Everybody starts with um, very basic basic cards that um, are maybe some spe- a specific ally to each right. character. Well, and and they're specific they're specific to your character. Yeah, like Harry has the invisibility cloak. Mm. Uh, Hermione has Crookshanks. Crookshanks. Mm-hmm. Yes, Neville 
has Trevor. Yes, um, mm-hmm. and the remember all right, like those kinds of things mm-hmm. that are only theirs. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then um, there's a pool of cards to build to buy, like in every deck builder, and those cards will either can do damage, they can give you more money, health or money, or health or, or money attack. to buy to buy more. And um, so throughout the game, you're, you're buying your cards, and then you're either assigning your your attack onto a villain so that they're destroyed, or you know, buying or you're healing each other. And so it is very cooperative. And all around, it it really does work. It works very well. And it's a lot of, it's a blast to play. What One of my favorite things is on the spell cards, there's a little diagram of how you move your hand. <gasps> and if, the, um, your wand. Well, your, well, your wand is in your hand, so you're going to move your hand. It's in the wand. Okay. So you move your wand. And my requirement, it's not in the rules, but you have to... Follow the diagram and cast the spell when you play the card. Spencer's the only one who does that. But it's, I'm the one that enjoys the game the most because I do that. <laughs> if there's a winner there, it's me every game <laughs> because I'm performing the spells. Got it. Um, so um, as it, it, it really, it is pretty basic. There's not anything too challenging. And, and each, we do like, it's, it's kind of like a legacy game where each box you open, new things are added. Yes. But nothing really... There are really only two boxes, from what I've heard, that add really anything that is groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, out about. yeah, and it's not like if you go to game four, you can ever play game three or game two. You can. That's up to you. It's not like you're tearing up cards or anything. No, you just have to reset it. Um, and we actually haven't played all the way through game seven. Is no, because we're stuck. we're stuck on game four, and we'd like to play. We'd like to beat it before we move on, but we still know enough about the game to be able to say it's it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, now there are some that a more experienced deck building game player, you might find games. Don't they say you can skip games one yeah, through three? Yeah, one through three are pretty basic. Well, they say start with game three, I think, because oh, okay. one and two are really basic, really. A, just an introduction to yes. how to play a deck builder. Um, but Which I needed. Well, you needed, but also I didn't want to skip it either because I mean, you would, it just experience. it would just feel incomplete to start up game three. I think so too. So it's up to you. But um, if if you don't like simple games, and I'm I'm not saying that this is easy to beat, but the concept and and how everything works is pretty simple. Um, you might be wanting for wanting more. But for what us for what we're looking for, for us to play or with our friends, we really do enjoy it. It's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and um, they really do a good job of 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 the theme in the components too. Oh man! Like the box is Harry Potter's trunk. Yes. Yeah, so and when you open the lid of the box, the back of the playing board looks like you are looking into Harry Potter's trunk. So you can see like the Marauders map laying there. You can see part of. Oh, you can see a golden snitch in there. You can see his broom, mm-hmm. different stuff in there. A box of, I think, Birdie Bots, Every Flavor yeah. Beans. Or maybe it might be a chocolate frog box. One of those in there. It's really neat that when you open up the game board, you can see it kind of like you're playing on top of the Marauders yeah, map. Yeah, really Like cool. the little footprints everywhere, like in the film version. Um, I love that stuff. And then things that you can acquire. Mm-hmm. You can acquire Birdie Bots, Every Flavor Beans. You can acquire Chocolate Frogs. Butterbeer, Golden Snitches, um, History of Hogwarts by Bethilda Bagshot. You can acquire the book. Mm-hmm. Um, allies that you can get, even so far as like Dumbledore. 
Oh, yes. We haven't been able to get him. He's really expensive. He's very expensive. (laughs) But like Fleur Delacour Mm -hmm. um, or um, Molly. um, Weasley. mm -hmm, You can get them on your team. It's really neat. So we uh, we recommend it, definitely. Um, It was a lot of fun. So that's that's Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle from USAopoly. Final game we want to talk about is one we've been looking forward to a while. It's uh, actually not a full game. It's an expansion for one of our favorite games, which is... Betrayal at House on the Hill. So the Widow's Walk expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, we came across Betrayal through Tabletop, Will Wheaton's Tabletop. And mm-hmm. I was like, we're, we're one of those bandwagoners yeah. that, you know, Will Wheaton played it on Tabletop and then every distribute, every little... FLGS was sold out of right. it, and you had to wait to get it. And then, <laughs> how did you get ours? Um, our game store sent me a message saying that it was in stock. Oh, yeah. Like, and I'm he, going. You're he going. left straight yeah. away and went down there and got it. Yeah. Um, if you haven't played Betrayal, just a real basic overview. You are you and your friends are investigating, exploring a haunted house on the hill. And um, you it's a tile-laying game. Every move you make, you put down a tile. Yeah, so every time you play this game, the the house is going to be a different layout. Completely different. Completely. And so the the rooms all have different things on them, like bad things that happen to you. Omens. And omens, items, events. events. And there's an upper floor, a ground floor, and a basement. And so you're just exploring this until eventually at one point in the game, the haunt happens. And it's revealed that one of your friends is a traitor. Mm-hmm. And you look up in a book... Of a little setup. There's, I think there were 50, 50. in the original mm-hmm. game. Which we never even played all 50. No. And um, so you look up in the book and you're corresponding to whichever room, the and what omen, omen, and who did it. Fig- yeah, and then you figure out who the, the betrayer is. And they go into another room, they have an objective, and then everybody else has their objective. And you come back and you battle it out. And... We really liked it. Um, for, there are some people that it don't... It seems like it runs hot and cold with people. There yeah. are people who love it, like mm-hmm. us, and then there are people who just vehemently hate it. Yeah. We really like it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's got great replayability. Everyone we introduce it to love it. Mm-hmm. And and um, it's it's real easy to teach, too. It's very easy I to, so. yeah. for people to get on the I think maybe it's a little challenging if, and it always seems like our luck is that one of our new friends who comes over to play it, we play it, and then it turns out they're the betrayer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then we have to help them figure out, without knowing what they're trying to do, they'll be asking us sly little questions like, okay, so if it says blah, 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 what do I need to do? Like Secretly, I'm like, he, 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 because I know what your end game is. Okay. And, (laughs) um... But all in all, though, people still ask to play it again. Oh, yeah. It's one of our biggest over. requests. Yeah. And so then one of our friends got the expansion, expansion that just because, came out. Yeah. And not even though we haven't played every scenario in, in the first book, it did start to get kind of stale because you're seeing the same rooms over again. You're seeing the same events over and over again, same items. Yeah. We were getting, we were kind of memorizing mm-hmm. the items, like when you see the flavor text on the there. Mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. The, the spear. Pulsing, pulsing with, with power, power. Yeah. and <laughs> and so um we were excited to try this this expansion and we haven't got it yet but like she said our, our friends played played it or bought it and we got to play play it with them and um it really does it it breathes new life into the game 
It um, adds not only new events, items, and omens, but also a new floor. A new floor, so the attic level. Yes. And it also adds um, new tiles, of course, mm-hmm. new rooms, um, a dumb waiter system. Yes, to move around the house easier. Between floors. Yes. Which was really cool. That, that was something I didn't even know was, was coming. Well, and that was always kind of a big challenge, especially if you fall down into the basement mm-hmm. and then you have to find the stairwell to get out of the basement. You're stuck. It's hard to find that specific tile because there are a lot of room tiles in that mm-hmm. stack. And so sometimes your only hope was like the mystic elevator. Mm-hmm. And even that is unpredictable because it all depends on what you roll. Right. And so um, that was that's really nice to see the dumbwaiter yeah. in there. And and so we like all the new things that were added. And then there are 50 brand new haunts that you can reveal. And the one we played was a lot of fun. There was a little bit of... A discrepancy. A discrepancy or misunderstanding on our part that wasn't very clear in it. And again, we're not going to get into it because we don't want to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. But we're still... Like, a little unsure. The hero's book said one thing that the betrayer could do in order to win the game. However, the traitor book did not say that at right. all. It never said anything about that. So when I was saying to Spencer, why didn't you blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I didn't think I was allowed to do that. And I said, well, here it is right here in the hero's book that that's one of the things you're trying to do. And he said, well, my book says I'm not even supposed to do that. Yeah. So I don't know if it was we a comprehension thing for us, but that was that was a little... A little issue we had, but it was still fun. And again, if it was a if, very interesting haunt, yes, it was. And so that was neat. And it, so, if you like Betrayal at House on the Hill, um, definitely consider getting this. It's only twenty twenty five bucks, and oh, I yeah. think I think it is definitely worth it. It adds enough to to warrant that and, price. And here we are at the Halloween season. Mm-hmm. Um, that game, that's a surefire good Halloween party game to play. Because mm-hmm. how many max players can Six. you play? Six. I mean, that's a pretty good crowd. Yeah. And so if you if you guys have had that game for longer than us, because we got the second edition. I know there was a first edition before that. Mm-hmm. And there, so there may be people who think that game is played out. And like you said, this will breathe new life into yeah. it. So check it out. So that's Betrayal at House on the Hill, Widow's Walk from Avalon Hill Games. Now let's do a little bit of exploring in the kitchen for some game night grub. Nice segue. Thank you. So for this game night grub segment, I'm switching it up a little. We've been doing savories. We've been doing dip. I'm gonna go the sweet route. Ooh. <laughs> Spencer didn't know what I was doing this Mm-mm. time, but we've I've made this before for us. This is a homemade brownie mix. It's a super easy brownie recipe. Um, even though it's homemade and basically from scratch, it's a one bowl kind of thing. So um, it's nothing too complicated. You just throw it together, throw it in the oven, and tick, 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 ding, you're ready to go. All right. Okay. So um, you have your dry ingredients are one cup of white sugar, one-third cup of unsweetened cocoa powder. I always use Hershey's. Um, A half a cup of all-purpose flour, a fourth of a teaspoon of salt, secret ingredient, and a fourth of a teaspoon of baking powder. Um, Now... The blogger who made this recipe, this is from IamBaker.net. I am Baker, like B-A-K-E-R, like a baker. Mm-hmm. Butcher, baker, candlestick maker. Just baker. Yep. 
just the second one. Um, this blogger had a really sweet idea that you just put all those dry ingredients, sift them together and put them in a jar and you can give it as a gift um, to somebody and just write on the gift tag the instructions and what wet ingredients to add because you only have three wet ingredients. Isn't that nice? So I've never done that. I just make them at home. So because I just, we don't want to give them away. We want to eat them. For me. Me only. Because <laughs> I could definitely eat a pan of these mm. by myself. And before I was married, I may have done that a couple of times. Um, <laughs> no one's judging you. <laughs> um, so you put all your dry ingredients together. Your wet ingredients to add in there. Um, you're going to want a half a cup of butter melted and then cooled. So you can melt it in the microwave. Slow and easy, guys. Don't go fast on trying to melt your butter or it's going to explode in the microwave. Keep it on a low power. Do short segments of time until you've got it melted. Um, you want two eggs and then you want a teaspoon of vanilla. So after you've let that butter cool a little bit so that the little bowl, I always do it in a ramekin, so that's not hot anymore. Um, you're going to just pour those things in to that dry stuff you've already sifted together put that in an eight inch square pan bake for 20 to 22 minutes at 350 degrees and boom you're done that's it easy enough some people like the frosting from a can from the grocery store have at it you put powdered sugar on it i do i like to sift powdered sugar on the top of my brownies um i do want to try making that topping my mom has been putting on some brownies lately. It's yeah. like a cream cheese powdered sugar mixture with chopped up bits of dark chocolate. Mm. Oh, man, you guys. Mm -hmm. That's primo. Um, anyway, you want to top your brownies. You can also do your own add-ins. You can do chocolate chips. You can do... Ice cream. Well, I'm talking about add-ins now, not toppings. Oh. We were past the toppings. Sorry. You had your chance. All right. Okay. Back to what I was saying. You can add in chocolate chips, um, M&M's baking bits, nuts, any of those kinds of things that you want to add in. Have at it, guys. Experiment away. But it's a super simple recipe, especially if you're just starting out baking. And brownies, I think that'd be pretty easy to bring to the game table. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's frosting on it, then you get frosting on your cards, but... Well, I mean, some people eat brownies with a fork. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Fork's good. <laughs> Use a fork. Fork good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's safer than other things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this way we're, we're switching it up. Um, something sweet. Yeah. That's good stuff. It really is. I love chocolate. Mm -hmm. In fact, sometimes I may add just a little bit extra cocoa powder to my recipe. That's what it is. Yeah. Some batches, some batches are better. Yeah. And um, there you go. That is... Homemade brownies from scratch from IamBaker.net. Yummy. Coming up next for us, um, well, what we're going to be playing next, I'm, I'm looking forward to, since it is Halloween, playing a little bit of Mansions of Madness. We have got to get a Mansions yeah. of Madness game in. Yeah, we haven't played it in a while. And so we Not another since one. Super Awesome Gaming Weekend. Yeah, so it, it's time. So we'll probably be playing that. It's time. We'll be probably playing that soon. Something that we have been neglecting to talk about that Ooh. I would like to mention mm -hmm. that Spencer discovered this a while back. We had been trying to find ways to implement it into our gaming nights. And we finally figured it out. There's this, some of you may already know about this and we're just late to the game. 
There's this fabulous website called tabletopaudio.com. And for all sorts of genres of games. Anything you could think of. Yes, they have background tracks, ambiance, music, Mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff to enhance your gameplay. And I tell you what, they do a fantastic fantastic job i say we were trying to find a way to incorporate it because at first we were just trying it from safari app on our Mm -hmm. iphones but you know your iphone goes to sleep after a little bit and then you lose your website it's not like an app that will Mm -hmm. just keep playing because it was a website luckily right there next to our game table we have our computer so we can do it that way of bringing it up on the computer and i mean there's all sorts of stuff for flick them up there was some old west, like spaghetti western music we could play. Well, didn't it have like horses and stuff going around? And uh-huh. You hear their footsteps in the dirt and stuff. Uh-huh. And then after a while, yeah, you hear footsteps. So that's the ambiance. Mm-hmm. And then some music picks up, and you hear the the guitar, mm-hmm. dong dong dong, and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, there's great stuff for like dragon and flagon. There was a some kind of tavern that um, you could hear people singing in the background some drinking songs you can hear tankards of ale being clinked together all sorts of fun stuff or even when we play something like escape from the aliens in outer space there are different spaceship themes like there was one that's like an abandoned ship so that was perfect for escape they've got all sorts of new tracks for halloween we were playing um a game that we just got that's from Eagle Griffin Games called Nosferatu. And wouldn't you know, they've got a perfect vampire track that, um, funnily, funny enough, the cover picture for that specific track was a still from the old silent film Nosferatu. It was perfect. It was great. You hear the organ music playing, mm-hmm. and then after a while it just goes to hearing rain and thunder, and then you hear creaking doors and the vampire's castle. I mean, this is great. I mean, it's they do an awesome job. And it's free. Yes. Yeah, table, so that's tabletopaudio.com for your immersive gaming experiences. Yes. Can't recommend it enough. It's awesome. So you mentioned Nosferatu, and um, we also have a few others that we're going to be playing and reviewing. So there's that one. There's uh, Freya's Folly mm-hmm. from, from Eagle Griffin as well. And then we also have one called... Brass Empire, um, that's that we're going to be reviewing too. It's another deck builder, so I'll be looking for those. Looking for our opinions on those coming up soon. Now we want to move into our question of the episode, um, and this comes to us from Twitter. The question is: What are some helpful ideas slash tips for gaming frugally when you have to put your family's financial needs first? Well, I'd say you're in good company. Well, I'd say you're in good company. Um, at least with us. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that is definitely something we have to be mindful of. All the time. It's really, really hard, especially when you're on social media, to see everybody playing all the new games. To see, what? this I didn't even know this existed. Seeing how much fun everybody's having. Um, just It seems like there are certain people that, that they can pick up a game just day after day after day. So it's really hard to see a bunch of people playing these games and then, and then not want to get go out and grab those games too um i mean we're there i mean every single day it's like i have to have this i think our board game geek lists 
Yeah. They're, <laughs> they grow each day. Every single day we're adding something onto it. And, you know, there was a time probably back, you know, when I was when I personally was in college, any time I had free money, that's what I was spending it on. Even if I didn't have free money, um, I would sell things just so I could go buy. I mean, I bought, I was keeping up with The Walking Dead graphic novels. And as soon as I read them, I'd sell them right back so I could go out and get a new game. So it is it is hard seeing all those things out there. and But also having to be a responsible adult. <laughs> Especially a response, not only a responsible Hashtag adult. Adulting. Yeah, not only a responsible adult, but a responsible adult with kids. Yeah. Makes it even harder. Well, yeah, because even on top of that, we see all those people playing games and we're like, you know, we haven't got to play games in mm-hmm. about three, four nights. Right. Because we're being parents. Mm-hmm. And then when we're done, we're like, and ready to go to bed. Right. <laughs> so, as far as advice, tips of what we can give. First of all, we are not financial experts, so we're not ever going to claim to be that. But we can just tell you what we've done um, to do help out with with this 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 idea that you've got to keep up to date with everything that's coming out. And then if you don't, then you feel like you're a failure as a gamer. <laughs> I will tell you that Laura has actually implemented no spending periods on games mm-hmm. because you know I'm like, can we please, please? Because I mean, really. When it comes down to it, you're the one that gives me the green light on things a lot of the time, right? Well, because without you, but without you, I'd go crazy spending the money on stuff. Mm-hmm. You are, a lot of times, you're, you're what keeps me grounded. Would you say I'm the voice of reason? No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a reasonable uh, assertion. Uh-huh. Um, but, so so what you can do is, and this this is just coming from, from what we've we've had to deal with, is first of all, it's not the end of the world if you don't get every new game. Keep telling yourself that. I mean, really, if we stuck with what we have now, I would be, we if I would really think about it and really put everything aside, we could be happy for the rest of our lives, right? Yeah, the games we that we've got are great. so many fun games, and many of them are, are extremely replayable. Mm-hmm. Because okay. that's definitely something we look into. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, when you are buying a game, make sure you're checking out the replayability factor of it. Yeah. Because um, there are some games out there that look super interesting. Like the, um, there's an Escape the Room game. Because mm-hmm. we love Escape the Rooms. Yeah. Um, and, unfortunately, you can only play that once. Right. And that's a 30, I think that's like a $30 game, Mm -hmm. which, you know, that's $30. It's not really, it's not the most expensive game, but you could be buying another game. You could buy another game that you could play multiple times. Right. Or like, even though, A, we didn't have a very good experience with it, but B, time stories, Mm -hmm. I don't think that those, those aren't known for having a big No, I mean, no, you play through a mission and it's done. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say that. You can justify that by saying, you know, if I spend $25, $25, $30 on one of the new expansions, it's the same price of going to a movie or something, um, which is still, again, a one-time experience. So you could justify it that way. But, you know, for us, if we're going to be buying games, we really do want them to be replayable. You could say, well, why do you play Pandemic Legacy? Well, we still got over over 15 plays on that game. Yes. And that's by far the most played game that we have at this point, I think. Well, and we have definitely signed up for season yeah, two. <laughs> and we got our money's worth out of it. Yes, I think we did. That's what it all comes down to is are you making the right decisions on the games you're buying, but also 
you know, make sure you're getting your money's worth out of it before you move on to something else. That's where looking up reviews mm-hmm. and looking at player testimonials yeah. on those so really helps. It's 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 not a bad thing to want the new hot games, but don't feel like you have to have them in order to feel good about yourself. One thing you have to also keep in mind is if it's a good game, it's probably going to be around for a while. That's the Tom Vassell school of thought, and I agree with him. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, if a game is good and it's worth people playing, people play it and they like it, it will be published again. Look at Catan. You can yeah. still buy that on the shelf at Target now. Right. So even though you may not be able to go out and get a game right away, it will be around if it is a good game. Yeah. I'm betting you Potion Explosion mm-hmm. probably going to be around for a while. Right. Flagon and Dragon going to be around for a you while. You mean Dragon and Flagon? Didn't I just say that? You said Flagon and Dragon. My bad. That's okay. I forgive you. Thank you. And so does Stronghold Games. Thanks, Stronghold. Um, <laughs> so it, it, so it's, it's not only a matter of you know, picking, your, picking and choosing your games wisely to make sure you're getting your money's worth out of it, but it's also... The thing I'm worst at, patience. <laughs> you know, you got to space out those game purchases. Make them where it counts. Um, and then just be patient. Wait, save up your money, and then where it makes sense, go ahead and get that, that new game. One thing we also look at is sales. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I um, Target does that because mm-hmm. we were just ha- we've been having this discussion recently. Target is really getting on the bandwagon and really getting good games in their mm-hmm. stores. Um, and they have good sales. They also have good discounts. Um, we have a Target Red Card debit card, which automatically gets 5% off. We also mm-hmm. have Cartwheel, which can get other percent off whenever that's games are offered on there. Or they just have sales mm-hmm. on their games. Um, also, our favorite FLGS, Madness Games and Comics in Plano. Mm-hmm. They do a one thing that we really look forward to at Christmas time. It's mm-hmm. buy two get one free. Right. Yeah. Games. It's a really good sale. Yeah. Um, um, in fact, that's like Christmas shopping for everyone else. Yes. And then we also are like, and here's our list for us. Yes. Um, <laughs> Go hit the game store. <laughs> now, I'm not saying don't support your friendly local game store. Without those, you know, this hobby wouldn't exist. So by all means, do that where you can. But also, if you have to. You can find all kinds of deals online. Yeah, because, um, I mean, other people just like us, we sell games. Mm-hmm. When it gets to the point of, you know, we really want to go get those games, and these games are sitting here on our shelf, and we don't really play those anymore, mm-hmm. let's get rid of those. Right. And we put that money forward to, to purchase of a new game. Yeah, yeah. So there, that's happened on several occasions. It's just selling the, out with the old and with the new. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily that we didn't like the games anymore. There were fun things like Ticket to Ride or whatnot. We just were past that mm-hmm. and we're ready to move on to some new games. Right. We were just kind of over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and then I've got a final thing. So, that's three things, right? So, you have make it count when you buy one. It's not the end of the world if you don't if you can't get it right away. Look Three, for sales. look for sales. And then finally, this is what it all comes down to. And it hurts me to say this. Games are not a necessity. Okay? Your family is. Your kids are. You know, living is a necessity. And so I have to bring myself grounded every once in a while 
and say, okay, listen, what really matters in life? As much fun as we have playing games, as much fun experiences we've had with our friends, that's great. But really what it comes down to is my first priority is my family. And so you just have to make those sacrifices sometimes. That's what that's what life is, is just a sacrifice thing. And the people that that put their hobbies before their family, the people that put their hobbies before their loved ones, you know, that's sorry, but that's not my thing, you know. And so when Laura says, okay, we need to take a break from buying games, I listen to her and she's right. There are times we go through financial, not difficulties, but where it makes sense, like with a newborn baby, that's where our money is going towards. Um, and so then you have birthdays and you get birthday money. Hey, that's always fun. And you get to go on a shopping spree. But really, like I said, when it comes down to it, remember the most important things in life and don't be sidetracked by that. So that's what we have to tell you about living frugally with board games. Um, it is a hobby of ours. It is what we have fun with the most. And if there's anything extra we're going to be spending our money on, it will be that. Um, but first and foremost, we want to take care of our family. And that's the question of the week. We hope some of what we said of the gibberish made sense to you and you can apply it to your life. Um, but thank you so much for the question. Again, if anybody else has any questions, along with if you want to find our reviews, here's how you could do that. We are on Twitter, at MarriedWithBG. We're on Instagram. What is our handle there? What do you know? It's at MarriedWithBG. We have a website. What is that? MarriedWithBG.com. And wow, our I'm Facebook sensing a trend, page, you guys. Our Facebook page is Facebook.com slash... MarriedWithBG. So, and if you want to email us, it's... MarriedWithBG at gmail.com. It's very easy. Very easy. All those places you can get in touch with us. Um, you can find our videos at all those places. So look for our reviews. Look for our Synod Kings review. Look for our Outlast review on all those places. They're on our website. They're on our website. And our YouTube channel. Yep. So you can find Which us. is married yes. with BG. <laughs> yes, it is. Now, our YouTube channel. If you go to our YouTube channel, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, it's so wimpy because there's only two videos on it. Well, there are some videos that we like to send to the Dice Tower. Um, and then for our Kickstarter videos, which we just started doing, um, Tom has a policy where he doesn't do Kickstarter videos on the Dice Tower, which I totally get. So we started a YouTube channel to do those kinds of videos on there. Mm -hmm. um, so give us give it some love. Come visit us. Subscribe. Give us some nice comments, please. Yeah. And some thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I'm sure that the game publishers for the Kickstarter games would appreciate your love, mm -hmm. too, because they're watching that as well. Yeah, and speaking of love, we love all of you. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode four of the Married with Board Games podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm Laura. Thanks for listening. Bye.